Miracy. It encourages a more deliberate and thoughtful style of work that also allows people more space to focus and to make progress on their thinking and, and priorities, as opposed to a style of working or learning where there's a lot of real-time interaction and a lot of real-time back and forth. Hello, and welcome to Course Lab, the show that teaches creators like you how to make better online courses. I'm Danny Eney, the founder and CEO of Miracy, and I'm here with my co-host, Abe Crystal, the co-founder of Rizuku. Hey there, Danny. In each episode of Course Lab, we showcase a course and creator who is doing something really interesting, either with the architecture of their course or the business model behind it, or both. Our guest today is Susan Schramm. Susan is a consultant, a marketing expert, and the founder of GoToMarket Impact. Susan, thanks for coming on the show. Well, you're welcome. It's great to be here. So, Susan, I've known you for a long time, but for the benefit of our listeners, who are you? What do you do? How did you come to be doing it? And how did that eventually come to the world of online courses and delivery? I spent the first part of my career with Fortune 500 tech companies. And what I noticed was how often our leaders would fall in love with their cool techie thing, right? Their gadget, their geeky stuff. But they did not focus on the who, the people who needed to understand and take action for new initiatives to be successful. And so then I started working with startups and nonprofits and faith-based organizations, and I saw the same thing. Because here's the challenge. Leading people to take an entirely new direction is challenging. And the truth is that even the best strategy will fail if people are confused, skeptical, or they aren't aligned. And the result is really great ideas can get derailed. And that's why I started my firm. I wanted to help leaders of organizations who are changing the world for the better avoid common mistakes and amplify their impact faster. So what I do now is I help visionary CEOs and boards and leadership teams get results faster when they launch new high-stakes strategies. I'm sort of a strategy accelerator to help you uncover the hidden risks of your new big idea and equip and align your team to get results faster. So what does that look like in practice? So like, how do we do that, right? So what we do is we equip client teams. The teams is an important part because I don't work with individuals as much as I work with leadership teams and their organizations to apply go-to-market fundamentals and our de-risk methodology to their strategy. And I help them build and align on a game plan. And we use a unique hybrid consulting model. It's a combination of two things, team collaboration online and live interactive workshops, either virtual over Zoom or in person, or I even have done a mix of the two in terms of on-site and virtual people beaming in. And that's where what you all call courses comes in. I was able to use an online e-learning platform to enable my client teams to accomplish their goals and overcome the barriers of time. I call Rizuka my online collaboration platform. I don't even call it a course, but the genius about all this is it's asynchronous. So my clients can be introduced to -to go-to-market concepts and de-risk principles, apply them to their own initiative, brainstorm together and spar with each other, and even build a game plan together, but not exactly at the same time. So what does that look like in terms of asynchronous or semi-synchronous interaction? What does it mean for them to do this kind of together, but not at the same time? 
So what we do is we start with a kickoff call on Zoom and we're basically framing the objective and the next steps and how it's going to play out. Then I invite them to the platform where they find their pre-work or their self-paced part of the project. And that's where they do modules that pose a concept and they're asked to apply it to their business. There's discussion threads that allow them to say, what do you think? What do you think? So as if we were all in the room together, they're doing this on the platform. I actually find it's interesting because when you're in the room together, you talk and just throw out ideas. In the platform, they have to actually write something. I've learned that happens is they think through it a little better. They frame their wording more clearly. So it actually creates even tighter collaboration. And then they say, okay, let's dive and apply this to our project. And they build something together. It could be a market landscape or their messaging, or it could be a target client plan or whatever. And they use a a Google Doc or Google Forms to do this together. And then we have a live workshop. So in the live workshop, we're taking the content that they create together. I've been able to look at it evaluate and see where their gaps are and focus our time on where they need to align and where there's sort of friction points. And then we do it again in the next wave. The end of the whole process is they build a game plan for how they're going to execute. And then when they get together in a either live Zoom or live in-person session, we're much more focused and we're building on the work they've already done. Is it hard at all to get all these super busy people to consistently participate in the discussion or other activities? Or do you have tricks up your sleeve for keeping people on track? One of the ways I do this is to commit that we're going to do it incredibly fast. What's interesting, though, is because of this asynchronous aspect, it's hard to get people to take the time for strategic thinking. Strategic thinking by nature is slow. It's thoughtful. You have to take time. And so this ability to say, we're going to do some thoughtful, strategic work, but we're going to let people use it in their own time so that they can do that thinking that otherwise you would somewhat collapse in person has really been a value proposition to people who do recognize that they're placing a big bet on a new direction and they do want people to think about it. That part of the benefit has been something that the senior leaders start becoming very comfortable with. And then the next round of the workshops get more effective. My tricks are, I am going to show up and we're going to show, I'm going to point to what people have said. And the first thing we're going to do is go around the room with your key takeaways on the work that was done online. (laughs) So so they their their butts are you know like on the line to sound smart at the first time we get together. So you are essentially creating accountability for people to be participating and and sharing in the discussion. Right, engage, yeah. And I will personally go out and I will look at I'll follow up. Like of course the platform tells you who's made progress and I will check in with them. I have open office hours to say if you're stuck, come talk to me. I do flag early on if someone's just not participating. I Because to do this, I get an executive sponsor who says, we're doing this, you guys. And that makes all the difference in the world. Anything else, um, other lessons learned that you think would be helpful to share with other course creators who also want to offer programs for executives or for other people at that level? Or consultants who are looking to augment their consulting with course components. Yeah. Well, I think the alignment, if you're consulting with teams, if you're not consulting with just one person like a coach, but you truly are B2B consulting with teams of people, that alignment is iterative. And there's different waves of collaboration where you mix online and live to feather out where people really are. 
And I think that that's always a challenge with consulting is you you can early identify where there's gaps and that becomes a part of your value proposition as a consultant is this gift you're giving them of getting visibility to their alignment or lack of alignment. And the second thing is this idea of the all voices matter when you're driving a new direction. You know, this model gives more voices to individuals who might not be visible. And that, from a consulting point of view, is, again, one of your value propositions. You're trying to effectively and efficiently, you don't have to fly all over the world to do this, but you're going to cull out those different voices that sometimes in a strategy can make or break whether it's able to be executed. Awesome. Susan, can you speak to the business model dynamics? When you run an engagement like this, I'm presuming that you're, you have one customer, it's the company as opposed to individual course participants. So how do you go about making that sale? What does it look like? What is the rough deal value and, and the unit economics as you deliver? Like, Help us understand some of the numbers to the extent that you're comfortable sharing. Sure. So, you know, it's consulting, right? So you're finding the senior people, the decision makers who really feel a strong sense of frustration, to be honest. My best customer is a very frustrated CEO or board chairman who's like, we're just not moving fast enough, right? So find that decision maker. And then we end up framing with the qualification process, framing what does an initial minimum viable goal look like? And then I frame that as a workshop. So a typical workshop is eight to 10 people on a team, although I did one for 30 people across three continents once. So, you know, it's doable, it's scalable. And a typical, what I now have framed a strategy jumpstart workshop can be accomplished in as little as three or four weeks. And I, I charge between fifteen dollars and $25,000 for that. And that involves, typically I have to customize a little bit of the platform, but it's really repurposable. But I put their own logo on it and, and, and some of their content, and I give them the opportunity to put their own critical content in too. And then the next step up would be a three-month engagement where I'm doing a little bit more custom consulting. There's a little bit more workshop versus the online. And then where I see gaps, I'll drive to a result where I'm putting out a right content for them in some cases. Then what I'm working on now is figuring out how to take pieces of it that might be topics that people tend to get stuck on and make those into sort of a deep dive session that would be maybe two or three day scenario. And I'm going to experiment with how that works. Very cool. This was really interesting, Susan. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for coming on the show. You're welcome. It was really fun. I've really enjoyed being part of this community from a different angle. Awesome. Abe, do you want to do the readout? Susan Schramm is the founder of Go-To-Market Impact. To learn more about her and the de-risk system for impact, go to susanschramm.com. That's Susan, S-C-H-R-A-M-M.com. Now stick around for my favorite part of the show, where Abe and I will pull out the best takeaways for you to apply to your course. Abe, do you want to go first? The first interesting thing to highlight just from Susan's entire approach is that she's created online programs for senior executives. And a lot of people might intuitively think that executives are like so busy. They're these special snowflakes that would never have time to take a course. They would only be interested in super boutique, very time intensive coaching thing. So it's interesting, first of all, just to have this specific case study showing that that's not the case, that you can use the format and structure and engagement of a well-designed online course to work with these you know, really busy and high-powered people. 
Yeah, something I appreciated also was the discussion around the asynchronous nature of the collaboration and discussion inside of the program. You know, a lot of people will look at in-person learning and the fact that it happens in real time and, and it's live as being this very rich, valuable experience, which on some level it is, and then look at the online asynchronous experience as kind of like the poor man's version of that. But what Susan has really demonstrated is that there are scenarios where it's not a bug, it's a feature, so to speak, right? That it creates a space for people to reflect, to bring a little more rigor, to create room for the more introverted or reserved participants in the program to participate equally. And that's become a really key component of the delivery for her program and for her participants. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting as well. There's been a little bit of a trend among remote distributed tech companies to talk about how their culture and style of collaboration might not just be remote in the sense that that people are working in different places and collaborating online, but that it's explicitly focused on an asynchronous style of collaboration and prioritizing asynchronous over real-time interactions. And I think some of the ideas I've heard behind that are that it encourages a more deliberate and thoughtful style of work that also allows people more space to focus and to make progress on their thinking and and priorities, as opposed to, say, a, a style of working or learning where there's a lot of real-time interaction and a lot of real-time back and forth, right? So you can kind of contrast that style of, hey, we're going to have a lot of live Zoom classes and we're going to be going back and forth all the time in a real-time chat room like Slack versus the more deliberate and slower paced style, you know, Susan described that is, is based on posing discussion questions or prompts and then people responding to those at more length but on their own pace. And it's not that the slower, more deliberate style is always better or always limited uh, compared to a more real-time style, but there's definitely interesting trade-offs there. And maybe there's a tendency to overlook that, the, that more asynchronous approach, whereas it could be used productively in a lot of different courses. Awesome. That's all I've got. You want to do the readout? Yeah, it was a fast one. Thank you for listening to Course Lab. I'm a Crystal co-founder and CEO of Riziku, here with Danny Eaney, founder and CEO of Miracy. Course Lab is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes Just Between Coaches, Making It, and Once Upon a Business. This episode of Course Lab was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Jeff Govertson assembled the episode. Danny Eaney is our executive producer, post-production by Post Office Sound. Another thanks to Susan Schramm for coming onto the show today. You can check out all she's got to offer over at gotomarketimpact.com. That's gotomarketimpact.com. To make sure you don't miss the excellent episodes coming up on Course Lab, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, we'd love it if you could leave us a starred review. It really does make a difference. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. All right, are you ready? Wait, what's my cue? It's a behind the scenes kind of thing. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Just Between Coaches, the podcast that tackles difficult coaching conversations head on. I'm Melinda Cohen and your host for this show. 
I also know that I'm listening when, again, my mind is relaxed. So I can almost sense that I'm listening on multiple levels. That's a great frame. That's a, that's a really great way to think about it. Um, I think so, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because I think that something that is very dangerous is for people to think that being a great coach comes from having the credentials. One has nothing to do with the other. So again, part of it is just, you know, either through questions or asking what they've tried, or sometimes it's, you know, the forest for the trees thing. My favorite part of having the hard conversation is... Ooh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, so while I love what's on the other side, I think navigating through that conversation is my favorite part. Yeah, because we're not there necessarily as coaches to provide solutions. We're there to guide our people towards solutions. And I don't know if it's, you know, societal pressure or peer pressure, but we don't want to look like we don't know what we're doing. I want to help and support coaches so that they can evolve into their greatness. My desire for the show is if I could scoop up all of the coaches and bring them into my living room and bring up the topics that leave crinkles in our forehead so that we can fully understand what it means to show up in our greatness, fully confident so that we can build better businesses, so that we can be better coaches, so that we can make a lasting impact on this world collectively and we want to rise to that level. That being said, you do want to set yourself up and your clients up for success by making sure that there is clarity around their expectations and your expectations as to how you can help them. People have to know a little bit about what you offer. Otherwise, how do they know that they need what you can help them with in terms of that transformation? And I love having the conversations and navigating the topics that keep us at the forefront in a time with what I call the results revolution. Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to start by saying that this is a really good problem to have, right? So if you have someone who's resisting your price, it means they're really interested in working with you. The thing is, sometimes it becomes negative. It becomes toxic. I've been in the coaching industry for almost 20 years now. And over these years, I have seen everything behind the scenes in our industry, everything that works, everything that doesn't work. I've seen the evolution of our industry and of what it means to be a coach. I just want to say to all the coaches out there, you know, matching who you are to the kind of coach that you want to be is just a practice. Do you want to add some parting words? No, I think you did great. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. This is Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, this is absolutely the tone, the feel, the everything. Okay, so I'm going to stop the recording now. Why are you stopping the recording? This is going to be fun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a wrap. That is going to be an amazing session.